Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad you could join us this morning. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the Word that we're about to get into, Lord, the understanding that you're going to reveal to us through your Holy Spirit, God. And we thank you for the joy that we have in doing so, Lord. We ask that you'll guide us into all truth and show us things to come, Lord, and that you'll have your way in this discussion, Lord, so that all participating and listening gets what they need so that they can complete the journey that you have for them, Lord. And we thank you for those things, Lord, because you're always faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the book of Hebrews. And this morning, we are moving forward, covering in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. So, let's get into the Word. And with that, can I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, Charles. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is, di- and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympath- sim- uh, sympathize. Mm-hmm. with our weakness but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need amen mm-hmm. amen all right so as is our custom the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what holy spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have so who would like to begin i would all right Charles. The first thing that the Lord was pointing out to me is that when we see inside of verse 11, he says, be diligent to enter into it. This is, um, I know we've talked previously in previous episodes about the rest and how it's not the rest that as humans, we like to think of where we sit back and don't do anything. But the rest that the Lord gives, we still have to walk inside of that. Um, and the Lord remind me of inside the, um, inside the Old Testament when the children of Israel had rest from their own sites, from all sides like Solomon, if he went to go stir up some trouble, he was going to have it. Mm-hmm. He had to walk inside the rest that the Lord had already given him. And that's what we have to do as well. The Lord's not going to force it on us. And we feel like we can do whatever we want inside of that. But we have to walk in step with what the Lord's telling us to do. Amen. Even in the ministry of Jesus, when he went out into the wilderness to have um, to go and pray for himself, he was doing as the Holy Spirit directed him. He wasn't doing that because he thought it was good and that's what he wanted. He was entering to the rest that the Lord had for him. And before he started his ministry, he was inside of a period of rest so that way he could go and complete it. But that's how that's not how we should look at it as though, Lord, I'm going to start doing what you want once I get to a certain age and then go forward. We have to understand that he was always doing what the Lord wanted him to do. 
he was in the season and the moment with God. So before Jesus's ministry in the earth started, he was in a season of preparation. And in that preparation, it included rest. But anytime we're walking in obedience to the Lord, there is rest. We're not striving to accomplish our own goals or establish our own will or our own objectives in the earth, but we are being, uh, we're walking in the flow of grace that's provided for that season. So Jesus was always in the season and in the moment with God to obey exactly what God had for him in that moment. You know, we've, we've talked about um, jokingly, but still in a serious manner, that Jesus didn't get on the cross when he was an infant. He didn't perform miracles, you know, while he was sucking his pacifier and go, wine, you know, turn the water into wine. No, that was, he was in a season of preparation that the father set aside for him. And he obeyed that season of preparation and allowed the preparation to reach its fullness. And then when the Lord said, it's time for ministry to begin, he began, the the Lord began that ministry. Christ, the Messiah began that ministry. And then while he was in that ministry, he walked in full on obedience for that season and that time to the father. Yes. In which, (laughs) um, we also have to consider that in this later half, he says, lest we fall into the example of disobedience, which as you're saying, mom, Mm -hmm. if he had tried to speed along the process, even even if it would have looked quote unquote, like he was doing the right thing, he was performing miracles and such it would not have been right because that's not when the lord asked him to do it mm-hmm. and that's something very important as well if he tells us to rest we should be resting no matter if we feel like the work we should be doing is more important than the rest in the moment that's still disobedience obedience is obedience and disobedience is disobedience good ideas are not the same as god ideas we saw that with king saul Right. He had a good idea. Well, tried to cover up his selfish motives with a quote unquote good idea. But God did not receive that. Layla, you had something you wanted to say, sweetheart? Yes, mommy. Mm -hmm. Something interesting, though, that we see in verse 12, continuing on with the thought that you were explaining uh, the Charles when Paul was talking about the word of God being living and powerful and can. Let me read it exactly. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So going back to the example of disobedience, that also means that God knows when you're trying to put on a facade and a pretense. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't say don't, uh, don't give the pretense of falling into disobedience as in faking out obedience because we saw that with the example when the children of Israel were, were going to go back and take the mountain with um, the sons of Anak that were up there when they were, had originally been told to spy there and they came back with the negative report. So numbers 13 and 14. Yes. And maybe on into 15 numbers. And when Moses told them, don't go up there because the Lord is not with you. There's only one way this is going to end. And they presumed that they would go up and take the mountain. They were giving the pretense like they were willing to obey God, like they were really going to do what he said. But they weren't, and God knew that, which is why, you know, they they didn't take take the mountain. And even throughout their journey in the wilderness, they professed with their mouths that we're for the Lord. We're gonna we're gonna do all the words that are written in this book. And we see Moses before he goes up to Mount Nebo. He essentially says, "Yeah, right. You're not even doing it while I'm looking at you. You're certainly not gonna do it when I'm gone." So they were trying to mask with their lips. Um. 
I would say hatred for the Lord because that's really what it was. And they expressed that multiple times. You brought us out here to kill us. You try to do all these things, but the Lord was really trying to do good for them. So because they weren't actually genuinely willing and obedient, they couldn't eat the good of the land. And that's what Paul's warning us about here in this in this um, section of scripture. You have to complete both components if you want to enjoy God's rest, if you want his blessings and his benefits. You can't do one and expect the whole outcome. It has to be both, and it has to be truthful in its entirety. So state it plainly. What are the two components? Willing and obedient. Okay. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but also what you're saying is that a heart of wickedness cannot inherit the blessing of God. And what's in the heart will eventually come out in the actions. So you may be able to cover them temporarily, but eventually it'll come out. And God is always the one who looks at motives. He looks at the heart of things and why something is being done just as much as he looks at what is being done. So um, verse 13 says everything, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account, which depending on which side of that you're on, for those who have a a righteous heart towards God and a sincere heart towards him, that's an exciting thing to have everything about you in your life, your desires and everything about you laid open before God, because now he has an opportunity to, um, correct. Now he has the opportunity to lead you in the way that produces life. And we enter into that rest by going, Lord, it's not about what I'm trying to accomplish in and of myself. I'm here to please you. And if you see something about me that doesn't please you, please fix it, Lord, and help me to walk with you in that. That lends itself to us having rest. The Lord said in Isaiah that they're, they draw near me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. So they know how to say the right words, the pretty things, say the, the buzzwords, if you will, the key words that make them look impressive on the outside. But God is going, you're not on my side for one second. <clears throat> so our business is to make sure that our heart stays soft to the Lord and stays willing toward him and that the entirety of our being is obedient. So how does that look in the life of a believer? So when the Lord was going to the cross, he looked at the painful death that was ahead of him, right? When he went to the garden of Gethsemane and he said, Lord, I, I know that you can make this cup pass for me. You could find another route. However, so like he acknowledged that he didn't want to have his beard snatched out. Like there's nothing wrong with that, right? He acknowledged that there could be another way, <clears throat> excuse me. But at the same time, he came back and said, you know what, God, I understand that there may be another option, but you have chosen what is right and best and righteous in your sight. And you are God and I submit to your will. So... <clears throat> even though I know that there could be another option, I want to go with what you says you said is best and what you divine the divinely ordained from the foundation of the world. I want to finish the course with you. So then he took the moment to lay his, his, um, personal thoughts about what he was going to face aside. And he dealt with that. He didn't ignore it. He didn't steamroll over it and say, I don't see it. I don't see it. He didn't lie to himself but he was truthful and honest and then yielded to the Lord. It's okay to go. I don't want to be, you know, it's not my preference per se to go through painful things. However, Lord, if this honors you, right, to take this path, then 
by all means, let your kingdom come and your will be done. Now, Jesus didn't have a, um, any sin in his life, but what he had to rule over is the father gave us natural, um, self-preservation mechanics within the body that work automatically without you, without the human having to right, rightfully engage them. They are automatic. So if someone holds their breath indefinitely, the body will knock them out and the subconscious will take over so that they can start breathing again. Now, that that's just self-preservation. That's what God gave us so that we would live, especially after sin came into the world. But Jesus took authority even over that and said, everything is going to submit because the body will fight in effort to defend itself. It'll take over automatically and fight to defend. It'll run away. It'll, I mean, do a host of things to try to preserve life. So Jesus had to even rule over that so that he could obey God in the fullness, but he didn't ignore that. I mean, he sweat great drops of blood like that. That's serious. That's serious. That's resisting on a whole other level, a whole other level. But he said, God, okay, help me with this. Right. Um, and then after he got over this period, the angels came and ministered to him. And then it was time for the next, the Mm. next phase. But he addressed what was happening you know, like the emotions that were trying to rise to the surface of self-preservation mechanisms that were coming to bear. And then he yielded himself to the Lord. So likewise, we can say, Lord, um, not in a way of, I think you got it wrong, but Lord, help me to finish this race. Help me to finish this course because I want to please you. Mm, my emotions are crying out. You know, my, my hair is going, ah! My feet are trying to run away, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then trust God and ask him to help you fulfill his plan for your life. And God will honor that every time. And he respects that. He's not looking for you to revel in, oh yeah, I'm going to die today. Woohoo! That's not what he's asking for. That, that That doesn't align with the character and nature of God. He is compassionate, which is why the scripture lines out. We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. He didn't pass through the heavens until he first suffered and then he died and then he was raised again and then he passed through the heavens. So that's a reference to what Christ has already suffered and what he knows the difficulty is. So he's saying we have a a God who knows and is compassionate towards us and still hold on to your faith and your trust in God and finish the race. Well, mommy, as she would said that God was a faithful high priest, we, because we know that we also have to realize that we're not supposed to be doing it out of our own strength. Mm-hmm. We read inside of verse 15 where it says that God does not sympathize with our weakness. Wait, wait, wait. He does sympathize. Hold on. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. So he does sympathize with our weakness. So that means he's not ignoring it and going, well, that's stupid. You shouldn't care. You know, you you shouldn't. There's no pain in that. He's not saying that. He's saying that God, Jesus fully knows how painful it is, how much it costs. Right? Yes. And the difficulties contained therein. And no one had a harder road than he does. And even still, he's compassionate towards us. And um, how he judges what we're doing and the help that he gives. So I, I know you know that and I know you understand that, but I just want to artic- articulate it clearly that we do have a high priest Amen. who does sympathize with us. Okay. 
and how the Lord expects us to come to him for the strength in order to do that. We read inside of the Garden of Gethsemane how Jesus, he was praying. He didn't just go in and do the thing. He also prayed to the Lord mm -hmm. and was asking for help from the Father. So we should mm -hmm. do, be doing the same in order for us to succeed. Amen. Then going to verse 11. Of Hebrews chapter 4? Yes. Okay. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall... Yes, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Um, I believe it's John where it talks about how Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, if we're trying to do of our own might and strength, are we really God's children? The answer will be no. Because we're not actually asking God to work through us, nor are we his people. Hmm. We're not resting and standing in the fullness um, you may have said, I do to Jesus Christ, but if we don't realize the proper order that God set and how the Lord said to come to him as little children, right? So, yes. and the reason I'm saying it this way is because it takes um, time to develop understanding of how to approach God as a little child. Mm -hmm. So someone can say, I do to Jesus and be a drinking, smoking, cussing, you know, like their life can be in disarray. Right, which they should be saying, I do to Jesus. And God doesn't say, get yourself together and then come to me and I'll save you. No, no, no. He says, get on over here as fast as you can, get saved, and then I'll clean you up. Right? And we yes. have an obligation to allow the Father to clean us up through the Holy Spirit's guidance and leading. But someone can get saved and not know that they're supposed to rely on God. All they know is, I don't want to go to hell. Jesus, I need you in my life. But they don't have all the specifics at that moment. They're still his child, but just like a baby, when, when you and I were babies, I didn't know anything. I live by primal responses, cry because I'm hungry, right? Or I'm wet, or I want to be held. That's all I knew. And it, I didn't know that where the food was going to come from or how to prepare the food or get it. I mean, I just literally lived on the basic instincts that I had as a human being, right? And they, they would call those primal, um, just core responses. But over time, as I learned and I grew and I matured, I could understand varying levels of things. So you understand more today at 14 than you did when you were a baby, fresh out of the womb, right? But you're still, you were still my child, right? That me and dad's child or God's child when you first came into the kingdom, just as much as you are now, you just had to learn. So he doesn't want us to remain there and he doesn't want us to willingly um, as people who full well know what we're supposed to do, disregard our reliance and our dependence on him. Now that is a problem, but just because you are a believer and you don't know to do that yet, you're not excluded. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. God still loves you and he'll teach you. What else, sir? And how, because God expects us to be relying on his strength, we all, that's also going to help us grow inside of him. We read throughout the Bible, for example, with Paul, how when he relied on the Lord, the Lord was able to strengthen him completely, and he didn't just stay at the same place indefinitely. Be, and the same should apply for us. As Mommy, you had said that um, the Lord should be working on us and helping us grow up. Mm -hmm. The same should apply to us. Amen. The Lord is Amen. always working. And he wants us, definitely wants us to grow up. So in short, let's examine ourselves, our own heart before the Lord. 
and let's let him help us deal with those things that don't reflect his nature, his character, his attributes in our life. And the the last thing the, that you were saying about being led, if you will, or you did not say, we are those that are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are the sons of God, right? Or led by yes. his Spirit. So, yes, we cannot do this of our own strength. Mm-hmm. It's an impossibility. And I'm sure we'll cover more of that on the, the next episode mm-hmm. when we continue to look at his rest and what it looks like in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right. Promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us the opportunity to hear from you, Lord, and that you're constantly teaching us, God. And Lord, I also just thank you for preserving us wherever we go, Lord, and giving us the opportunity to become more like you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.